0: the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Exploring the Word is a program where we concentrate on the Word of God. I think with our name, we ought to do that, and exploring has the idea of going through it, and we usually do that one book at a time. Sometimes we do subjects, but sometimes we do pre-records. The reason we do them is because either Alex or myself are out uh, many times we're speaking, and I have to admit, sometimes I'm with my grandkids, and uh, so uh, for different reasons we pre-record. And this is a pre-recorded program, so we will not be taking phone calls in this program's length of time of playing. But uh, Alex, you and I talked about what we could do for this special pre-record, and I really enjoy what you sent me because I, I just want to tell you. I've never met a person that was spirit-filled, serving the Lord, that did not have a spirit of thankfulness. Mm. Um, there's something special in the Bible that God pulls out for thankfulness. Have you noticed that?
1: I know I know it is just one of those things the you know not every one of us can be skilled in this area, and not every one of us could be you know articulate or intelligent in some other area, but everybody can be grateful and when I think about all the Lord's done for us, and of course the greatest thing of all is salvation, uh we've all got a lot to be thankful for, and in the bible god God puts a premium
0: on thankfulness, doesn't he? He really does <clears throat> and uh, we want to recommend that to you. <laughs> it helps your attitude too. I I am. I've been like everybody else we live in a fallen world. Jesus said in this life, you will have difficulties, tribulation, heartaches. Uh, it comes by living. and uh, but even in those things, the Bible says, be thankful in all things. Now there's some things in my life that at this point in my life I've had a hard time connecting the dots of why it happened and good from it, but I know that our God, according to Romans, takes all things that come our way and He works them for good. Now, uh, when you think of that, you got to understand what good is. It's answered in Romans 8:29. Right after that verse is said in Romans, uh, you know, 8:28 about you know us being thankful in all things, Alex, in that way, and God working it for good, it says that we may be conformed to the very image of Jesus Christ. Mm. That is our purpose. I, I want you to know, and that's what is good, that I am able to reflect uh, Christ in my life, regardless of what might happen to me, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, I need to reflect the character of Christ in my life, don't I?
1: Well, we, we really do. And, you know, the fact that God means for us good – and, by the way, folks, in just a second we're going to get into Luke 17 a little bit – but um, God does have good things for us. And let me just say that we got to remember that that God is a good God, and, and we need to believe God has good things for us, but – um, as C. S. Lewis once said, when when we we want things that are contrary to God's word or contrary to God's plan and you know, temptations to sin and things like that. C. S. Lewis said, what you're wanting for yourself is a lesser good, because what God has for you is the goodest good. You know. <laughs> Amen. And, and and if you're saying, you know, God, I don't like the way things are going, I wanted my way. Uh, Lewis said, "You're asking God to do less for you, not more." And I know it takes trust, but one of the one of the best favors you'll ever do yourself is to let God's good be what you desire for.
0: Amen, you know? Alex. Amen. Well, let me ask you: uh, In the Bible, Jesus was in a place called Nazareth and another place called Capernaum. At both of those places, <clears throat> he was amazed at people's unbelief. And, uh, you know, in Nazareth, where he grew up, in Capernaum, which was, quote, his you know his headquarters during that three-year ministry. That's where he—it seemed to be the center city of where he would do his work. <clears throat> and in those, uh, Jesus was amazed that they did not have more faith or demonstrate greater faith. Well, sometimes aren't we amazed— At who shows thankfulness And who does Mm. not Isn't that what we're studying today a little bit We are And and folks I want
1: to take this Luke 17 And I want to put a question out there The other nine Or one of them Now what I mean by this is it talks about ten men That Jesus healed and one man comes back to give thankfulness, and the other nine kind of disappear. And we're going to talk about why. Bert, let me let me read some of this scripture, and then we'll talk about gratitude and how gratitude does, I believe, paves the way for obedience. But uh, it says, Jesus... Um, Verse 11 of Luke 17. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance. They called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, two things I want to pull out so far... Um, these 10 that had leprosy, Bert, it's amazing that 10 people who otherwise probably wouldn't have associated with each other, and we can talk more about that in a minute, but a tragedy united them, the tragedy of a, of a horrible illness, it and as, as you know, lepers would lose body parts and their skin would become infected and they would die, and I mean from what I've read, leprosy is just a a terrible, terrible, terrible disease. Uh, Angie, my wife, when she was in the Sudan on a medical mission trip, we've got pictures of she and the doctors they were with, um, several dozen doctors and nurses go into leper colonies. And some of the pictures are just pathetic, even the ones treated with modern medicine. And I can only imagine how bad it must have been, you know, back in more primitive times. But these ten lepers, uh, their illness has united them. They say, have pity on us. Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priest. As they went, they were cleansed, verse 14. Now, Bert, um, what happened that caused the cleansing as they went was, was as they went, was that cleansing a partial step of obedience, maybe?
0: Well, it seemed like it, and uh, again, Jesus had told them, go, show yourself to the priest. Part of that is go, so they were going. And uh, I, according to what it says, I, I do believe uh, that when they got there to complete the, the miracle, the transaction of the miracle, they did demonstrate that and show that, and uh, so they were... Uh, you know some some uh, uh, I would say miracles, some deliverances especially are not immediately, but step by step by step. Uh, you mm. and I both have dealt with people who were given to alcohol addiction or drug addiction, and pastoring for as many years as I did, I came across many. I know those that were delivered immediately. I mean, when they surrendered, God gave them clearance. And I know others that had to say, okay, I have to do this. And and it was step by step. And this seems to be one, as they were going, they were cleansed, and the completing the transaction would be showing it there to the priest. Now, I don't know if that goes along with what you were thinking or not, but I, I do believe as they were going it began and began and continued, you know, because uh, yeah. sometimes we want to put God in a box. God, you got to do it the way I wanted you to do it. Or you, you know, God does it His way, doesn't He?
1: Well, He does. And, and let me just say this too. We got a saying down in North Carolina, and I don't know if anybody else uses this. And um, maybe I'll, I'll meet somebody and I'll say, well, hey, you know, so and so, hey, he, he came to the Lord, didn't he? And somebody will say, well, yeah, but it didn't take. Yeah. Um, listen, it's always a joy when you hear of somebody that's made a decision for Christ, and five years later they're still walking with the Lord. And I know, and we're going to look at this this one man who came back to praise God. Um, sometimes the generational cycles of sin are very hard to break. Maybe you're listening, and you've you've come to the Lord, or you've tried to get your family in church, and may, maybe your family, for for years, maybe some family habits have been characterized by alcohol, or abuse, or divorce. Um, I want to say this about this Luke 17. I don't, no matter how many cycles of sin and darkness and baggage are there, and no matter how many years or generations a family has been involved in things that are just very destructive. Bert, I believe Jesus can break cycles of Amen. of heartbreak, Amen. just sin, tragedy, violence, heartbreak, um, failures. Maybe as a person, personally, you feel like you're doomed to a life of failure. You are not. I, I think there there's a brand new day that can begin today. With Jesus, And we, we're going to see
0: that in the life of this one leper. It, we do. And he came back. One of them, when he saw was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Shock, shock. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Were the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Jesus knows this. Then he said, To him, Jesus said, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. What a statement. We hear, why were these Jews and Samaritans, or this one Samaritan, with them? Well, misery kind of goes together, as as, uh, Alex said earlier. You know, this difficulty had pulled them together. But verse 11 also says something, because Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. So... Alex, when I read that, I I underlined it, put it in red, and I said, you know, just like Jesus must go through Samaria and John, he was on the border between Samaria and Galilee. Can I say it purposefully for such a time as this? Don't you love where Jesus shows up? Uh, Let me just say, if your church
1: has an outreach program, be sure to go into the bad parts of town. Uh, Be sure to go to the neighborhoods that maybe you don't normally go through. Um, And the analogy, Bert, when Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria uh, in John chapter 4, and here in this, you know, traveling this border between Samaria and Galilee... I mean, he
0: went where the needs were, didn't he? He did, and, and notice one more thing. And I, I just, I love things like this. You know, I'm going to look for geography. You know, you've been around me long You're enough. You're good to know at that. geography. Look at verse 12. As he was going into a village, not in the village, but into the village on the outskirts. This is where. The, the lepers stayed. They stayed on the outskirts. They stayed away because they were unclean. No one wanted to be around them. Even in Samaria, it wasn't just Jewish on this part. It was anyone. They did not want to be around those that had a leprosy. So Jesus, again, on the border, on the outskirts of town, he makes himself available. Uh, Listen, he's making himself available to you today that you could know him, that you could follow him, that you could trust him. And if you've never trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord, what a day to do it. You don't want to put it off. Do it today Mm -hmm. so Christ can come into your life, change your life, and give you a whole new life, rich and even greater than you have now.
1: Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Just give me Jesus. Jesus. Just give me Jesus, Jesus. There's nothing Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bert here. So glad you're listening. We're in Luke 17, and it's a story of 10 lepers getting healed. Bert, I was doing research for this, and uh, fortunately I've got some medical books that belong to my wife. And I was reading about leprosy, which is in modern times often called Hansen's disease. A lot of people think it's a disease of the skin, but it's really a disease of the nervous system. And um, as I was reading about it, part of the reason that people lose fingers and limbs, they don't feel the pain. And, you know, an injury keeps getting further injured and gets infected. Um, and listen to this. This one medical book said that leprosy has been reported in ancient literature as early as 600 B.C. And here's the wording. It said that leprosy has terrified cultures from even ancient times. When you've got a, a, a malady that terrifies you, that's a terrible terrible thing, and maybe that's why this man was so, so, so grateful. But um, coming back, and we're in Luke 17, and Bert, before the break you were talking about um, the geography of this. Um, it's interesting, the Samaritans and the Jews, um, they didn't have any association with each other, and I believe this goes back to the time of the Babylonian captivity when some uh, Jews were released to go back to Israel, and um, some did go to Israel, some didn't. But the bottom line, by the time of Jesus, the Jews and the Samaritans they were they were not on a speaking basis. Generally, were they?
0: They were not. And, and I wrote, and I, you know, I was trying to think of this through. Who started this feud? Okay, it's sort of like the Hatfields and McCoys. Uh, Who started the feud? Nobody knew where it started. They just knew it was handed down. Uh, And like you said, was it then that they, you know, they intermarried in no way uh, that they would have anything to do with them? During this interbiblical period of time, uh, corrections were made. Well, Alex, have you ever seen anyone overcorrect, like driving down the highway in your car— and you know you're about to go off the edge of it, you know, and get into the rocks there, and you turn back toward the left, but you overcorrect, you know? Oh, yes, I know. And honestly, it seems like this separation that, well, I won't say honestly, it was, it's just period, it did. They overcorrected their, uh, what they called... I would say their separation. It's kind of like Christ does with us. He says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Um, this this time of trying to isolate ourselves completely from the world. No, we're to insulate ourselves. We're to be like Christ. Yes, we've got to come out from among them and be ye separate in our actions and our attitudes. But we're living in the world. Did the did the Hebrews while they were in Babylon? And then they started coming back. Uh, was I'm asking, and my opinion is they overcorrected. Would, was is that too oh, strong, or is that yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely? They overcorrected, even to the point of really almost a hatred. I mean, you know, nowadays we hear so much about racial strife, you know, division and animosity, and and just um, <laughs> demonizing groups. I mean, this goes way back and 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 I, we're going to unpack this even a little more in just a moment, but here's the amazing thing. Now keep in mind, Jesus is progressively revealing himself to be the promised Messiah, the Son of God. In Mark chapter two, he's not only healed a man, but he said, "'Son, thy sins be forgiven." And he's um, had his disciples pick grain on the Sabbath. And he said, well, I, the Son of Man, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. Now, over and over, Jesus is proving his Messiahship. He's fulfilled all the prophecies. He teaches the Word of God in truth. And they said, never a man spoke like this. Now, here's the thing. There's ten lepers, one of whom is a Samaritan. Now, no pious Jew would have anything to do with a dirty Half-breed Samaritan, and that's what they called him. Verse fourteen, they say, "Jesus, Master, have pity on us." Jesus saw them, and he says, "Okay, uh, you're good. I'm going to offer you healing. Here's what y'all do. Y'all go and show yourselves to the priests." Now, Bert, now just think about this, and tell me if I'm casting this accurately. So, there's the priest in the temple, and here comes ten lepers. Oh my goodness, you unclean! people? How how dare you enter our presence? And oh my goodness, one of you is a Samaritan? Who in the world sent you up here to us? Well, Jesus did, the one they call Master and Messiah. Now, those priests would have probably, you know, fainted. They might have said, Well, this proves he's certainly not the Messiah, because if he was a true teacher, he would know we don't let any sickly, diseased lepers up in our, uh, you know, presence. And a Samaritan? I mean, you guys are dogs. You can go to, you know... uh, I mean, I I just think it's amazing the power, the, the audacity that in verse 14 Jesus would say... Here's what y'all do. Go show yourselves to the priest. Now, I'm taking a long time to set this up because here's my question. Jesus had a whole lot more going on here than merely healing ten sick people. Even important as that is, Jesus, who has all wisdom and all knowledge, he's got a
0: lot he's working through here, doesn't he? He does. And and I I think I, I see where you're going, and it's obvious uh, the priest uh, would—I the, think these lepers were known, okay, or else they would not have known that they were previously. And so if they, if that priest saw them coming, I got a feeling the defenses would go up that would stop them from a distance. Another thing I want to say uh, real quickly, keep keep this in mind. I think it adds to it. I don't think it detracts from it. In Luke chapter 5, by the way, uh, Luke's a Gentile, and he writes these stories about this uh, this Samaritan here, okay? But in Luke chapter 5, uh, there's a leper that came to Jesus, and Jesus touched him, you know? And well, he was healed. Here in Luke 17, Jesus speaks to them and said, Go show yourself to the priest. Uh I just, I love it. Jesus refuses to be put in a box. So I really do believe that this healing that he does, he does it different ways with the same uh, ailment to demonstrate, listen, this, uh, it's not the methodology, you know? And in here, what you were saying is Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. Uh, This was a big step on their part, Alex, because there's no doubt in my mind they had been rejected by that already, you know? Oh, yeah. They hadn't been able to heal them. I'm sure they tried everything. And so this is a step of faith on their part, isn't it?
1: Well, it is. It is. Um, you know, it's it's like, in, what's the story in the Old Testament? Was it Samuel who told a man to go bathe in a, a certain river and he would be healed?
0: Wasn't that Elisha?
1: It, it was. Yeah. Thank you. You're right. You're yeah. right. Um, and the, the, the leader or the king said, hey, I got better rivers back home. And listen, it's the, that step of obedience. And even now today, God calls us to the number one and the first most vital step of obedience is the step of being saved and turning to Christ. And uh, you know, just as this one man, we're going to really see how he obeyed and he was healed and saved. You know, you've got to trust God and let God define what salvation looks like. And if you, you might be the greatest person in the world, the most moral person, the most philanthropic person, and by your standard, a quote, good person, but none of us are as righteous as Jesus. And the only way we can be good enough to go to heaven, uh, And humanly, there's no such thing. But the way we are made right with God is by faith in Jesus. Now, Bert, I think it's very interesting that they go, and Jesus says, go and show yourselves to the priest. They went and were cleansed. One of them, verse 15, when he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Verse 16, that's powerful enough, but there's this addendum. It says, and he was a Samaritan. Now, that's huge. But l- let me just say this. Let me chase a rabbit for a second. Just like you you look for repeated words and phrases <laughs> and geography, and you're good, and I go off on these rabbit trails. But a, a big thing is unity within the body of Christ. We need to be unified more than ever with all the cultural and spiritual threats out there. And Bert. You and I have both been around the block a little bit. I know there's there's churches that they preach from the King James only. And when Jesus tells these lepers, Hey, lepers, and you too, Mr. Samaritan, go show yourself to the priest. I mean, that would be like telling somebody, Hey, um, you know this church down the road that's King James only? Uh, Go take your NIV and offer to go soul winning together. You know? Yep. And and yep. listen to this. I don't want to offend anybody. And I'm not going to name all the, the schisms and the divisions and, and the, the camps. And th- there are camps. Um, but we need each other. Amen. If you're a born again believer, you believe Jesus is the Son of God, the one and only Savior. Yay, so do we. We need each other. And I understand there are denominational distinctives. And there, there are things that we f- might feel passionately about, but look, just as we, we fault the priests of the New Testament that sequestered away and they they wouldn't you know they wouldn't budge on anything, and because of their inflexibility, many missed the coming of Jesus. Bert, heaven forbid that we major on the minors. You know?
0: Preach it, brother. Amen. Amen. um,
1: Do you know what? Early in our ministry, um, we had uh, a church that supported us, and uh, we were renting coliseums throughout the mid-Atlantic region. This is in the late 90s. And, you know, we were were booking a lot of speakers like Josh McDowell, great, great speakers. Well, I thought it was a major coup. I, I booked Chuck Colson. Now, just back me up here bert for those that may not know Ch- charles colson was he a big deal
0: listen uh, he was uh, the big deal he he made such an impression in my life if you can find a book written by chuck colson buy it read it and you will be blessed beyond measure alex he is he was then and his writing still still is a big deal
1: a- exactly Well, um, and and in fact, I would encourage you to read his biography, Born Again, which, if I recollect, was maybe his first book because it was about how he came to the Lord. But Chuck Colson, and and I knew him well, um, was with his family at his funeral. He was a gentleman, just a godly, brilliant guy, but just such a gentle person, you know, somebody of his power and his stature, He wasn't impressed with himself, although he certainly could have been, but Colson was great. Well, this church called me up, and I went to see this pastor, and they were giving our ministry about $150 a month, which was big. And I was just proud of myself. Oh, my goodness, we've been in the Greensboro newspaper, and now we've got Charles Colson coming. Well, this man, he tore into me, and he said, I'll never forget. He said, "Alex, I've never been more disappointed with somebody in my life." And I was like, why, why, what did I do?" He said, "You know, Charles Colson, he's up there in Washington and he shares the stage with Catholics and Pentecostals, and he he fraternizes with people who aren't like us. And I said, What do you mean aren't like us?" He goes, "Well, you're a Baptist." And I said, Well, yeah." I am, but I'm a Christian. And I said, brother, man, and Bert, this was 24 years ago. I said, look, we've got, you know, the gays, atheists, Muslims, Marxists. I said, I just don't think we have the luxury. If if I wait till I'll only work with people who match all 99 points on my punch list, it's going to be a lonely world real quick. And, and this guy, he said, I'll, I'll never send you another dollar of support, Charles Coulson, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I don't mean to belabor this point, but we've got to pick the hills we're willing to die on, right? You
0: bet. And those scars are worth wearing when he said that, Alex. You know, they really are. And you— that's and, and not taking the, he's not taking a stand he is throwing rocks and rocks that don't need that does not need to be thrown that's the truth really. exactly
1: and you know I think one of the the you and I have had a lot of heroes we've worked with and case in point Don Waldman part of the reason that the American Family Association has been able to touch the the nation and beyond is cuz look we agree on the the essentials the bible is the word of god Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Savior. The, there are moral truths that come from the nature and character of God, like marriage, life, religious freedom. And, uh, you know, whether it be Don Wilman or Dr. Dobson or, you know, Chuck Colson or Jerry Falwell, um, these people, these leaders, and, and we're all to this day riding on the, the, the ripple effects of their vision, Billy Graham, they understood in the essential things agreement, in the non-essential things that are, you know, we hold them in our heart, but they're, they're not um, core to what salvation is. We show grace and liberty. And the, the only reason I digress on that point was at the time of Christ, these priests... They would rather hold to their preferences than see a a Samaritan get saved.
0: It is true. Now that's too rigid. As he is. So their question was, Jesus' question was, were not all 10 cleansed? He knew they were. Where are the other nine? I I don't want to be the other nine. I want to be the one at Jesus' feet. We'll continue right after the break. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word, Bertie and Alex with you. We'll be, will not be taking phone calls in this segment. This is a pre-recorded program from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 17, about the ten lepers who were healed, and only one came back thanking God. But all ten were cleansed, and uh, Jesus took note of the nine that did not come back. He asked, Where are the, were there not ten cleansed? Where's the other nine? And has no one returned to give praise to God except this one, this foreigner, this Samaritan? And he said to him, Go, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And so as we study this today, Alex had sent this great, great study plan for us to look at Luke 17. And Alex, Uh, Jesus healed these ten men. Again, Mm -hmm. Jesus heals, and he starts the healing. He looked upon them with compassion. That's what Jesus started with. He started with compassion for all ten, and he still had compassion for all ten, But only one of those responded in such a way to give him praise and give him glory. And it was the Samaritan. Uh, It brings up the good Samaritan. When that guy was beaten and left for dead on the side hmm. of the road. He had been robbed, left with nothing, beat up. Let me see who passed by, if I remember. Hmm. Was, was it a priest, and was it yeah. a Levite? <clears throat> a Levite. They even went on the other side of the road, so they wouldn't get close to him. But then a Samaritan come along, held, helped that man, uh, wrapped that man up to to help him with his, his uh, scars, his wounds, I should say, took him to a place where he would be taken care of, left money, and said, now if it's more than this, I'll come back and I'll pay it. And Jesus called, let me see, it's called the what kind of Samaritan? The Good Samaritan, oh, Luke chapter 10. <laughs> a Good Samaritan? Was there any such thing in the Jewish oh, culture, thought? <laughs>
1: it, well, let me give a little bit of a historical backstory, and then we're going to talk about this one man who came back to thank Jesus. Okay, for, for one thing, you know, the Jews in the first century, they called Samaritans half-breeds and avoided them. And, you know, the Samaritans were not friendly to the Jews either. Um, but after the, the Babylonian captivity, the Jews, you know, obviously Jerusalem, the city of God, and the temple is there on Mount Zion, but Samaritans thought that God dwelt... Uh, at Mount Gerizim near Shechem, and they built a temple there. Well, the Samaritans built their own temple at Mount Gerizim, and the Jews said it was a pagan temple, and there was this feud. And by the time of Jesus, I mean, there was so much animosity that they would cross as much as cross over the Jordan River rather than go through Samaria. So, Bert, it, it really must have shamed some of the Jews for their prejudice That not only a very famous parable, but the main character in Luke 10 was not only a Samaritan, but a good Samaritan. (laughs) And so, I mean, all right, let's get back to why Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priests." Why did Jesus heal these 10 men? Now think about it. It was a healing to their bodies. It was a witness to the religious leaders, but there was an assignment here to prove their faith. And so maybe um, super duper pious people would have said, well obviously Jesus must not be too much of a Messiah does he not know we don't have anything to do with Samaritans you know God God couldn't love the Samaritans and uh, they've they don't uh, you know they're not part of us and so trusting that Jesus he was not only here to save. Jews but Gentiles and even Samaritans and even Roman centurions um, I would say Bert, this was a witness of Christ's healing power but wasn't it also a witness of Jesus's identity and authority
0: Alex well said and identity is a big deal in 2022 uh, even your gender uh, which group are you with Republican Democrat progressive you know, conservative, the identity of issues today. But what Jesus was doing was identifying himself as the Messiah, not just for the Jews, but for also the Greeks, the Gentiles. Uh, the promise that was given to Abraham was that he would be a blessing to who, Alex? The whole world. Not, yes. not just a select group of people that can be identified by their birth, and so here <clears throat> Jesus heals all ten lepers, and one of them is a Samaritan. And that Samaritan showed the I, I I think the gratitude. Now, let me ask you this, do you think him being a Samaritan may have had something with him being so thankful that he would come back because exactly. I, I, he had probably faced more rejection. A leper, you know, they they got a lot of rejection no matter when, where, or who, you know. But a Samaritan would get those, plus how he was considered, as you said, a half-breed, considered unclean. And to whom much has been given, and much he has shown, much thankfulness. And he demonstrated that, didn't he not? Did he not? Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be a leper...
1: But to be a Samaritan leper, the only word I could say to describe such a life in that time would have been hopelessness. And out of extreme hopelessness, he's got a body that's healed and a soul that's saved. Yeah, I bet he's going to be <laughs> grateful. No, So I want to talk about four things that this man did. The, this one they call the other man. And I want to ask you, are you one of the nine Or are you like this other man who came back to Jesus? Uh, Notice this, and and let's unpack this a bit. Okay, for one thing, he came back. For another thing, it says, he praised God with a loud voice. I love third point. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him, even though he was a Samaritan. Now, Bert, before we talk about those four things, we don't know what happened to the other nine but I wonder this. I wonder if the priest um, kind of talked them out. They go to the priest, and maybe the priest said, oh, don't tell me you're falling for that Jesus. You know, he's not really real. He's not real. Or maybe they said, hey, listen, if you have anything to do with that Jesus, uh, presumably, it, look, if the other nine were Jews, the priest might have said, look, you, you got a choice to make. You you can follow that Jesus, or you can be kicked out of the temple. I mean, if you, if you and your family want to be a part of our religious machine, because we'll ostracize you otherwise. Uh, you make your choice. You either follow Jesus, or you're in with us. You know, Bert. People get saved, and it might be their friends uh, draw a line in the sand too. Let me just say this, and Bert, I want you to elaborate. Whether it's your old drinking buddies or whether it's the people that you thought were your friends, or it's maybe the religious. I know we've had, we've had Muslims listen to Exploring the Word. Uh, let me tell you, there's no price too high to pay for coming to Christ. And if somebody ever draws a line in the sand and says, either you do this, it's either me or Jesus. Always pick Jesus. Um, and sadly... Let me say this, I've counseled a lot of parents brokenhearted, and their sons and daughters have fallen into sexual sin, uh, homosexuality, transgenderism. I mean, I counseled with a family last week that's got a transgender child. And it's almost like, and, and let me say this, I love people, minister, but it's almost like the person involved in sexual deviancy says, Either you acknowledge me and affirm me, or you don't love me. And Bert, I I don't believe in burning bridges, and I I try to be gentle with everybody, but I want to say, if it comes down to either pick this or pick Jesus, uh, we're going to pick Jesus.
0: Amen. (laughs) Uh, Amen, Alex. Uh, The other program that I do, and it's on the weekend, Exploring Missions, with my son Nathan, Uh, he could tell me many stories about Muslims who had come to Christ uh, in the area where he worked and in that community where they live, complete rejection, complete separation from the Muslim community, and it was difficult because it was family, it was friends, and it, it is a difficult, but many of them came out and they said, we'll make our... Way with Christ I want to just Churches Ought to be ready And we need to be ready To help such one Uh, Will every once in a while You be taken The answer is yes (laughs) Every once in a while You're going to You'll be taken By helping someone Because we don't know them The way Christ knows them but I, I just want to tell you, it's worth taking a chance and helping someone that's coming out of the, the transgender movement, out of the homosexual movement, out of the false religion, and coming and knowing and following Christ and doing that. Uh, it's, it's worth uh, having to go through the difficulty to help them. And God will bless you for that. I have one of our she's going to build the Lord now, one of our mining Jan's, very, very special friends. She came out of out of the latter day saints and uh, she got saved, and she was all right as long as she wasn't baptized, but the day, that she was baptized, and they knew that, they wrote her off. They said, Mm. she's out of this community, and it was tough on her. Uh, Some of the family members weren't as rigid as they were the other, and they would keep in contact, but it was difficult. But she was saying, Jesus has changed my life. I am following him. I am obeying him. And Alex, I do believe this Samaritan came back, and uh, now he wasn't leaving Judaism, But he came back and he was praising God aloud. Let me—the reason I'm bringing this up—he let it be known, did he not? You know, you catch Uh, what I'm saying? He 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 wasn't a a secretive. That's right. Go ahead, brother. Exactly. Let me
1: say, if you're a Christian, um, don't be an undercover secret agent, Christian. You know, be willing to let your Christianity be known. And, Bert, I'm just speaking for Angie and me. And look, I'm not trying to be like a. Pharisee or something. But we say the blessing before we eat a meal in a restaurant. And, you know, we, we believe and I'm not trying to make a show. I'm just saying, um, as a Christian, that is our identity. And whether it's to when when I'll hear people say things that are, you know, I, I can't let it go. I, I hear people take the Lord's name in vain. And respectfully, politely, but I'll I'll speak a word to him, uh, and just notice this: like this man, his gratitude moved him to obedience. Now, look, he came back, so he chose to maintain contact with Jesus. You know, he didn't just disappear. Oh, God healed me. Well, boy, that's great. Well, I'll I'll you know vanish back into the background. No, he came back. And I don't know, he had to track him down, find out where Jesus was. Let me tell you, uh, Jesus is worth whatever price it costs you to find him and to to maintain contact with him. I love what you said. He praised God in a loud voice, uh, which is uh, verse 15. He let it be known, didn't he? And then, Bert, this is so touching. It is. Verse 15, he threw... Um, 16, I'm sorry. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. Um, Sometimes we don't do that, at least to the degree that we should. This man was completely surrendered, wasn't he?
0: He was, Alex. And, and, you know, when we started doing this program, um, you know, being in a Southern Baptist church and preaching all my life and preaching revivals, mostly in Southern Baptist churches, once in a while I went to something that was so close, but the I said, Lord, I want to use words that are understood concerning our relationship with Him. And the word you used here completely surrendered. Alex, that's it. That's it, brother. We come to the point in our lives where we completely surrender. We're sold out to you as much, as much as I know about myself, and as much as I know about you, Lord Jesus, I give it to you right here, right now. It's complete surrender. And according to that, I believe he did, Alex. And Jesus responded to that, did he not? He, well, he
1: really did. Because, you know, this guy comes, he throws himself at Jesus' feet, and it's Jesus says, we're not all ten cleansed? Oh, where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this? foreigner. And Jesus says in verse 19, "'Rise and go, your faith has made you well.'" Understand, uh, there's a lot in that word foreigner, uh, but here's the thing. The man thanked him, it says, and he was a Samaritan. Okay, so listen to this, folks. Again, the four things about the other man, this man, he came back, he praised God, he threw himself at Jesus' feet. Maybe even today, today listening to this, folks. Think about how far God has brought you. Thank God for how far he's brought you. And throw yourself at his feet. And that man, he realized how fortunate he was. Not only a leper healed, not only a Samaritan once ostracized. Now he's got a, a healthy body and a saved soul, as we said. But here's the thing. His gratitude took him beyond his beginnings. He had been a Samaritan, but he was willing to go public for Jesus. So are we like that one man,
0: courageously, thankful, and obedient? We want you to know Jesus is Savior. That's one of the purposes for exploring the Word, really the main purpose, not to let you understand the Bible more, which is good, but let you know that the God of the Bible, Jesus Christ, loves you cares for you has died on the cross rose again and right now at the right hand of the father wants you to surrender to him and say lord i'm yours i pray you would do that if you have it alex thank you for letting us go through luke 17 11 through 17 with you brother it is great and we want to encourage you to be thankful and tell someone about exploring the word but more importantly tell them about jesus